Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Ken Carmen Show. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. National Mortgage Lender, Quicken Loans with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage mortgage experience. Mike Pereira going to join us NFL on Fox coming up here in about 20 minutes. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Also, a log jam and a new position for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I know people think it's classy. I just wouldn't want my favorite team to do it. I'm going to try to get all that in in the next hour. So there's a lot to get to today. I also got to bring it. Well, Tom, are we working together tomorrow? Of course we are. We're working together tomorrow. Yep. I can bring this up both days. What the hell? Uh, OJ Simpson got on Twitter earlier this week, and a lot of people got worked up. This is OJ's This is OJ's uh, first message to everybody on Twitter. Hit it. Hey, Twitter world. This is yours truly. Now, coming soon to Twitter, you'll get the read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. Now, there's a lot of fake OJ accounts out there, so this one, at the real OJ32, is the only official one. So, this should be a lot of fun. I got a little getting even to do. So, God bless. Take care. What an ass. Getting even to do. What a sincere ass. He said Anything he says, people want to respond to. Obviously, here we are. He says that he knew people were going to go nuts. He knows it. I'm a little bit afraid, though, Tom. Tom, you're 29. 30, you were yeah. alive. Oh, you're 30 now. That's right. You're 30 now. Um, you were alive during the during the chase. You were yeah. alive during the trial. Yep. I, I've told people the story many times. I was eight years old when the chase happened. No, seven going on eight when the chase happened. And then I was eight going on nine during the trial. During the trial, I swear to God, my buddy's mom had to kick us out of the house because we were watching the trial. It was summertime. We were supposed to go out and play, and we were watching the trial. And some of it was like, well, this is the American process. This is the way it is. I think we should let the boys watch. And then Mark Furman hit the stand, and then it was TV off, and you guys need to get out there and play. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I was all in, and I've always been captivated by it. I think, though, I'm afraid. Because you and I saw it. Grillo's 23. He's a little younger. I I think I'm starting to pick up a vibe here on social media that there are people who just think that OJ is kind of a nut job and kind of funny and kind of interesting. And they kind of just want to be fans of OJ in their own weird way. Because it's been a long time since those... T- he got a... I know he, he, he was not found guilty... But uh, it's been a long time since that crime happened. I believe that he started this account on the 25th anniversary of the crime. Actually, yes. As disturbing yes. as that is. Yeah. I'm with yes. you. Obviously, this is some sort of. You're PR. with me on this? Yeah, this is some sort of PR, <laughs> PR rehab uh, attempt. And it's kind of oddly the moment. I mean, Twitter's kind of been a disgusting cesspool and negative thing in the world for a while. But this is kind of the Twitter jumping the shark moment of like. Just so obviously terrible people trying to exploit dumb and or young people on this social media platform to repair their image that have 
just no right repairing their image. How do you come on saying you have you have you have to get even with people? Well, my my co-host brought it up because I know and. I'm not trying to kick off anything. Like Alex Jones got kicked off of Twitter. The, the Krasenstein brothers got kicked off of Twitter. Uh, there's been a lot of conversation about, well, because you start a slippery slope or people you kick off of Twitter. He hasn't said anything horrible yet. He's tugging cheek something that is a reference to something horrible that happened. Right. Exactly. But I don't think he said anything. I, I can't say he said anything that's just been so outlandish, so disgusting, so vile that you would argue to kick him off the internet about. No. So, His entire so, presence there is just that. But yeah, no, I mean. It is amazing, though, that 25 years later, I can't find a single person who thinks he didn't do it. Except yeah. for him. And even he knows. Exactly. Allegedly. I mean, he put out a If I Did It book, or at least tried to. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I didn't understand. I, I, eight to nine years old is too is too early for a kid for a white kid from Canton, Ohio, to understand the racial ramifications of what was going on in America at that time. I'm glad it's been as documented, well documented as it has been, because there was an outrage and there was certainly outrage before that. But when it just comes down to the crime, like I remember my uncle said, "There, boy, they got that O.J. Simpson, don't they?" They got the glove. There's blood all over the place. There's blood in his SUV. Like there's, well, it was back before they called them SUVs. There's blood in his truck. There's blood all over the place, man. They got that guy, and then he ends up getting away with it, allegedly getting away with it. And now I can't find anybody 25 years later who uh, who thinks he didn't do it, even at the time. I mean, I I told you on the phone earlier this week. I was the only person in my first grade class rooting for not guilty verdict. It was a, it was an interesting day. I want to be watched wanna, on TV in class. I'd like to do a deep dive into that if we could. Yeah, my teacher hated me. So my, my mom's <laughs> Yeah, my teacher hated me. My mom's an attorney, so she was watching every second of it too and she was uh, extremely aware of all the mistakes that were made both in the investigation and then in the way that the case was prosecuted. So her whole thing, and this comes back to like years and years and years later, me getting obsessed with the Casey Anthony trial and the same exact thing happening. Her whole thing was that I believe he did it, but he's not guilty based on our due process. Um, so she really believed that he was not going to be guilty and really had me believing that. I didn't really know what was going on. Thing. It was the worst thing. Okay, what well, now, the, the, jog my memory here. Wasn't it Fung who took the uh, the sample, the blood sample, like with his bare hands? Right. Which that dirties up the blood sample, and I think yep. Shank was the guy who 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 argued that. And then I don't know what the hell Christopher Darden was thinking. Like Christopher Darden to me, how do I put this? There are people out there who are doctors. You don't know what they got in medical school, and you don't want to know. <laughs> and there are people out there who are quote unquote lawyers, and you don't know what they got to get their jurious doctorate. But the but you don't want to know. You don't want to know how they passed the bar exam. You just know that they did. And Christopher Darden is the case in point of that. I think Christopher Darden watched a lot of Matlock and a lot of Perry Mason before he went out there. He had to uh, pass something and decided that that was going to be it. Johnny Cochran had been doing courtroom theatrics and, and fighting against these type of things for 30 years before Christopher Darden even started. Robert Shapiro, Effley ba- Bailey was the Sam Shepard lawyer. These are all star. They, it's called the dream team for a reason. Exactly. You're telling me you don't know if the glove's going to fit and you make him put the glove on? You make him put the glove on? Where do you get that idea to make them put the glove on? 
Not to mention the fact that the gloves were separated from one another when that, they found them, is, so it called oh attention. God, yeah, it called you attention put the glove to, on. to potentially, yeah, interfering with the investigation yeah. to begin with, and then it also visually looked terrible at trial. So it's a First double off, whammy. You got to wear the plastic or latex gloves because that's going to take up a little bit of a space. Then right. what, didn't he not take his? Uh, didn't he not take his arthritis medicine? So he didn't take his arthritis <laughs> medicine. Not, yeah. He's an actor. That is now, the story. Now you're right. He I, didn't some take people his arthritis medicine. Some people talk about the. Guy, like he's Daniel Day Lewis after the fact. No. Let's relax on the whole acting thing, okay? Norberg was pretty good, but he wasn't necessarily that great as an actor. But he's sitting there with the glove and he's showing the glove and then made him put the glove on. And you don't even know if the glove fits or doesn't fit. How do you do that? How do you look yourself in the mirror and that's an okay thing to do? I don't understand that. See, this is the entire case of it. This is why I bring up when anybody ever talks high school football on my show locally or nationally. I say there's a huge difference. There are really good high school football coaches out there, and there are guys who just watched a bunch of movie and movies and want to yell at kids. Just because you're a lawyer doesn't mean you're good at your job. I don't care. I could not believe that. And you're right, Tom. You are right. I, I, I'm sure you took a lot of hell for it back in first grade. My because teacher hated what, me the whole rest of the year. What I could imagine. Really? Yeah. yeah that's she was pretty, like, much. you know. That's a little she, much. She was a pretty strict kind of teacher. She so you wanted to call her something else, didn't you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. did. Okay, because you, your obviously, I can imagine your mom was telling you about the lawyering or poor lawyering that was going on at that time, correct? Exactly, and I didn't really understand yes. the difference of what was happening. All I know is this was somebody my parents loved, by the way, big fans of OJ, who now as a player they're big OJ fans as a player. Yeah, um, big Bills fans, eh? Okay. No, but I mean, you know, the snow game and stuff. I think for a certain age, again, you and I are not in the right generation for this. There are people younger who don't understand, but then there are people older than us who really understand, who watched him in college, who watched him as a pro. I mean, this guy was a freaking superstar. Dude, you watch Naked Gun. You watch the old Hertz commercials. He's a likable guy. Yeah, totally. That's what makes it horrible. You I, don't want no one wants to believe that. I was stuff. talking. You to, don't want to believe that. I was talking to Tiki about him this week. We both agreed. Like he absolutely would still have a job, a prominent media job to this yes. very day if he didn't yes. destroy his life. Yes. He, he would, would be Charles be Barkley on, a, OJ, on the football side. What O.J. Simpson was, O.J. Simpson was cut from the same cloth as Frank Gifford. O.J. Simpson was even more, though. I think that O.J. Simpson was probably Michael Strahan before Michael Strahan. My generation, my kids will see Michael Strahan. They'll never realize that Michael Strahan was a professional football player. Right, exactly. They they will, like, I saw Michael Strahan play. A lot of the guys listening saw Michael Strahan play. They knew that Michael Strahan was obviously an immensely talented, really good football player. But they see Michael Strahan... Michael Strahan as the the television presenter, the comedian, that type of guy. They don't see the football player here. That's what OJ was. That's uh, that's the chance that OJ had. And I, I I've I've heard many different theories about it. I would still say that I think he had help. I don't know if you did that all by yourself. I think that the theory that he went over there and what Nicole answered the door with the knife in her hand. I don't buy that. I think he went over there with a reason. I think he went over there with a reason, and I think that somebody helped him. That's what I think. It makes sense. I can't say it was AC. I saw, I remember seeing the video of AC crying at the thing. I don't think AC's as good an actor as OJ Simpson gets credit of being. I'm just pointing that out. I don't know if it was AC. I think the the son theory is in play with his son. I think that's in play. Wow. I think I think so, somebody helped him. 
I think somebody, he might have went over there to see what was, he might have said he was going over there to see what was up, and then things got crazy, and he might have had somebody help him. They do a great job in the ESPN documentary, too, of showing uh, Robert Kardashian taking his bag when he gets back to his house and disappearing that bag. Mm -hmm. So there obviously were people helping him, you know, in multiple stages of this. Maybe it was Bob Kardashian. I can't. I don't want to do that. Was it Bob Kardashian, do you think? Probably not himself, but who knows? I mean, it could have been any. Who knows? Somebody drove him over there. Somebody drove him away after it happened, you know? 855-2124-CBS. This is the Ken Carmen Show. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. Mike Pereira hopefully joining us here momentarily. Also, a log jam in a new position for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That people, and it just happened by accident out there. Matt Ryan was brought up, and whether or not Matt Ryan was a Hall of Famer, and they brought up his stats. I did the same thing with Matt Stafford this offseason. Matt Stafford, by the time it's, if you do the math and you say, if he plays eight more years, I think he finished season 10 this year. If he plays eight more years, take away the two best seasons because there's going to be diminishing returns at some point, he should finish with around 68,000 passing yards. He should finish with, I think, top five, top seven in, in, in passing touchdowns. Those are Hall of Fame numbers. He's not a Hall of Famer. Matt Ryan, same thing. And I think you're starting to see the same thing that we saw with wide receivers. You might see the same thing with with quarterbacks. Where the league is put up so much where then we just say, well, the league's set up for these guys. I don't know if that's the very best way to really calculate what a guy's going to be. And then we're going to start to see a difference. Because before, Dan Marino, you just knew Dan Marino was great. You knew what you saw in Dan Marino. He's a trailblazer for what the league has become now with the type of way that he throws. Jim Kelly, the same thing. Both zero Super Bowls. I think that what the NBA does now, when you have such such a huge impact, and it's easier, probably easier to make the NBA Hall of Fame or the National Basketball Hall of Fame than it is to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. If you put so much emphasis, though, on championships, I think we'll start to see more emphasis on championships with quarterbacks than we've ever seen before. Philip Rivers is the same conversation. Philip Rivers has had several playoff appearances, not too terribly many playoff runs, and a lot of guys like me go, yeah, Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. I like Philip Rivers. I like he's a competitor. I like the way he plays. Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. A lot of us feel that way about Philip Rivers. But I think that it's going to change here over the next couple of years where you're expected now, before it was 3,500, 4,000 passing yards, those were really big years. 30 touchdowns, that was a really big year. Yeah, last year alone, the MVP had 50 touchdowns. It, it's There's going to be a time, and it, oh, eventually it's going to hit some sort of a stop. There's going to be a time where 4,000 passing yards, yeah, that's assumed. You should get 4,000 passing yards. You should get 35, 30, 30 to 35 plus touchdowns in a season. And what we've done with wide receivers, there was an era where, man, a wide receiver, a guy like Lance Allworth, the originator, Bambi, that guy was that incredible. You knew that's a Hall of Famer when you look at it. That's amazing. But now the generations change. We see a log jam at the wide receiver spot, and you're going to see more hurt feelings than you've ever seen before. You're going to see more people upset than you've ever seen before. There's going to be a lot of problems with a lot of fans out there because they have favorite quarterbacks, and they believe that their guy, based on numbers, should be in. Because there's only so many Super Bowls that you can win. There's only so many world championships that you can win in the NBA, but there's such an emphasis on rings. And now I think because of where the numbers are going to go with where the stats are, fantasy stats, all that stuff combined, 
I think you're going to see more of an impact on championships, the amount of championships. Did they win a ring? Did they play in a Super Bowl? How many Super Bowls did they play in? How many deep runs did they make? We'll start to call guys, and I hate this term. I hate this term. We'll start to call guys compilers because I always think it's wrong. It's always brought up in baseball. Just because a guy played 20 years, because he was good for 20 years and usable for 20 years, and at one point was certainly one of the best in baseball year after year after year, I don't think that that should be a knock because the guy was a professional and a really good player for that amount of time. If a quarterback has an 18-year career and the last few years were kind of a fall-off, I don't think that that should be used against him. If we do this with Phillip Rivers, I don't think if Phillip Rivers ever hits a wall, I don't think that that should be used against him. I don't think he should be called, quote-unquote, a compiler. If you know greatness, you still know it when you see it. 855-2124-CBS. A lot of fights going on in Major League Baseball right now as we wait for Mike Pereira. A lot of fights going on in Major League Baseball right now. I still wonder whether or not it's a better idea. And I, I've never been to Montreal. I hope to go at some point. I know that people love the Montreal Expos logo. I think that they love the history. I think they love the mascot. I think they love the whole reminiscing of what they have, the nostalgia of the Expos. Pedro... Pedro Martinez in Reigns and, and, and even if you want to go back to Randy Johnson at the beginning and so on and so forth. I think that people love the idea of the Expos. I don't know if that we're really seriously going to put the Expos back into business with Major League Baseball. Tampa's already fighting it. Now, if you heard earlier this week, there's a fight now between Major League Baseball, the mayor of Tampa, or the mayor of St. Petersburg, and whether or not that they can get half and half done, which is actually not the first time it's been done. Back in, I believe, in 1971 to 72, somewhere in there before the Indians changed ownership, it was thought of between their previous ownership that the Indians would play a few baseball games or up to half a season or 25 games down in New Orleans, and they play the rest in Cleveland. And I think it's the same thing in Major League Baseball. I think it's the same thing in sports as it is in the bedroom. You add a third person to that, you need to be worried that that third person is going to take over. You introduce a third person into the bedroom, you need to be worried that that person is eventually going to phase you out of there. I've seen enough reality television and enough Playboy After Dark to understand that. And I think if you've seen enough professional sports, you have another market that seems to have a zest for sports, that has a zest for that sport that they want to bring in. They might have investors. They might have money. You might find them on the right day. And previously, because you've been living with that for so long with the previous relationship or the original relationship, there are so many things about that third thing that you bring into this that you don't know yet. There hasn't been council meetings. There hasn't been committee meetings. There haven't been grand plans drawn up. It's the same thing in relationships. This is a greasy analogy. I understand that, but bear with me here. You and your wife, you've had fights. You've had good times. You've had bad times. You've had times where it's been great. You've had times where it hasn't been so great. You also know each other very, very well. You know that maybe you have a couple of problems in the morning waking up. You know maybe you have a couple of problems at night. You know that, that sometimes that some people just they take things a little bit too seriously or a toilet seat up or whatever. Then all of a sudden after a while you decide, yeah, you know, I saw it on Playboy TV. Maybe it's not so bad. You bring in a third person into this sort of thing, they don't have the problems because they're new. It's young. It's exciting. That's what Montreal is. The Rays in Tampa St. Pete have gone through this for 20 years. And I still bring up the fact is, yeah, if, if you welcome in Montreal, Montreal will eventually take over. But I want to know what this is really about. 
Major League Baseball, they love to give you the example that they make so much money based on the internet, based on their television revenue sharing, based on all their other ways that they market what they do with their corporation or with their entity. They love to brag about that. But the first thing I get thrown in my face when it comes to the Rays is attendance. But if the first thing you throw in my face about what you're doing is the revenue that you share because of television, is it that you really want a new stadium that bad or do you just want a new set for your TV show? Because it seems like a good organization. They're competitive again. Kevin Cash is doing a good job. They lost players. They brought guys back up. They've done a good job of scouting. They've done their business the right way. They've done very well. They should be commended for that. But people won't come. But you tell me attendance isn't important. And then you use Montreal as that reason. We love the logo. Do we really love baseball in Montreal? I came up with a list. Potential baseball markets. If your market's in there, sorry, I just didn't think of you right off the top. You can go ahead and throw it in there. Montreal has nostalgia going. It's a second Canadian market. Fans seem to want it. The question becomes a stadium. Attendance. Are they going to go during hockey season, even though you tell me that attendance doesn't matter when you throw up in my face how much money Major League Baseball makes? However, this is the entire argument for what we're doing with Tampa Bay. And it is a second Canadian market. And baseball is not Canada's first sport. Weather would be thrown in there. Portland's the other factor that would be brought in. Growing market. Room for a franchise. Already they seem to have investors. They already have a couple of stadium plans that we've seen all over the place. I think that some of the detractions would be Seattle being very close. I don't know if the Mariners would very much like that, considering they've brought up their own attendance problems. And if the team's not a winner from the very get-go, how's your attendance going to be? Trailblazers are a long-standing franchise there. They do very, very well with the MLS in, Seattle, in, in Portland and Seattle in that area. Are you going to be able to introduce Major League Baseball? Is it going to be able to stick? Because, again, and I cannot stress this enough, You tell me how much attendance matters for the entire reason why the Rays might be leaving Tampa St. Pete, but you tell me every single time we bring up attendance as a whole that it doesn't matter as much because of television. So I have to keep doing this because you you continuously as a baseball entity contradict yourself. I think Nashville, very good, very strong sports fans, tourism, vacation. I know we're going there. I know a lot of people are going there lately. It's an easy it's an easy plane ride from what it seems to be if you're from the northeast or from the midwest. Great street there on Broadway paired with a strong population, a growing population. Football would be a question I think the Atlanta Braves would have something to say about it. Charlotte, another growing city in the southeast, pretty good weather. Questions I would have Panthers were a question a couple of years ago, will fans support a third franchise there? And again, the Atlanta Braves might have something to say about it. Indianapolis has good sports fans. It's a pretty good AAA tradition there with the Indianapolis Indians. My question again, just like the Braves in the Southeast, does it become a problem for the Cubs, the White Sox, the Brewers, the Cleveland Indians, the Detroit Tigers? There's a lot of professional baseball around that area, and there's a piece of the pie for each one of those teams, especially the Cubs. The other one I would have to say, and I left it for the end on purpose, Las Vegas. NHL works there already. They love that team so far. The NFL's going there. That stadium is going to be beautiful no matter how you want to argue how it was funded. It's a growing permanent population. It's not just a transient city as much as it used to be. 
I think weather is going to be an issue. You don't want to play baseball indoors. It, it, you want to try to avoid playing baseball indoors as much as you can. It gets hotter in hell out in Las Vegas, Nevada. In lifestyle. And I mean lifestyle of the game. NHL, when you go to an NHL game, it's fast-paced. There's action. There's guys colliding into each other. There's a lot of movement there. NFL, same thing. Baseball, it's a leisurely activity. There's not a lot of things that I think of when it comes to Vegas that really inspire leisure. There might be a little bit of pool sitting here and there. A lot of it's go. A lot of it's, hey, get out to the casino. Go go see some shows. Go, go see what can be done. Have fun in Vegas. Go see the NHL. Go see the NFL eventually. Baseball, you, you take it in. It's a pastime. So while we always want to bring up the Rays, I question where your heart is with attendance or what you mean with your message with attendance if we're talking about the Rays and their future home. And as much as people love Montreal, love the logo, love the mascot, and the entire idea, does it make realistic sense again? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Coming up next, I know people think it's classy. I just don't think I'd want my favorite team doing it. This is the Ken Carmen Show. Final segment of the day. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That's CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, by the way. It's brought to you by Geico. I've told you many times, but let me tell you the good news again. There's a quick way you can save money. You switch to Geico. You go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. I apologize. I know I sprung that analogy up on you, and it was a greasy analogy. Maybe a little bit too greasy for the middle of the day on a a Saturday. I know I can't do that tomorrow. It's a Sunday. You, You can't do those analogies on a Sunday. I just point out, you've seen enough reality television. You've seen enough Playboy After Dark and enough Spice Channel to understand that Anytime you offer a third person into the relationship, you're going to be giving that person the side eye. People pair off. They don't do the whole triple thing. And eventually you start to notice that there's going to be problems or there were problems before, and those become bigger problems in the relationship. That's the analogy I use for Major League Baseball in Tampa and with Tampa and the Rays and Montreal coming in. The Rays are a professional baseball team. They've been wanting a new stadium for a long time. They've been trying to put it to the taxpayer. The taxpayer has said no. They still want a new stadium. They're supposed to have a lease there in that area, Tampa St. Pete, until 2027. Now they are being offered by Major League Baseball or given the blessing by Major League Baseball that they could possibly play half their games in Montreal. And it's just a shot across the bow because I believe it's the mayor of St. Pete where they play. Might be the mayor of Tampa either way. None of the municipalities over there are very happy whatsoever, and they're trying to block that. And rightfully so, you would, because that means that this is the beginning and end of baseball in the Tampa area. I don't know if baseball in, in, in general works in South Florida or in Florida. I don't know if it does. Anytime we talk about stadiums, someone gets the boots put to them down there. Miami, you have this great big stadium that no one wants to attend. No one wants to attend because it's basically a political protest. Derek Jeter doesn't care about the fans. They don't care about the fans. You have a couple players who probably care about the fans. You got Marlins, man, great. Oh yeah, I forgot they they're not even on speaking terms anymore. So you got that, or you used to. And then Tampa, the problem that I keep getting with that is that, and I understand that what happened with the new ballpark is awful in Miami, but in Tampa, you consistently tell me attendance matters, attendance matters, attendance matters, attendance matters. Everything is about attendance when you want a new ballpark. But the second we criticize baseball 
and rightfully so, by the way, because I think that a guy like Mike Trout, who is the best player in recent baseball history and could very well go down as one of the greatest players to ever play the game, I think that if he were on a road trip in Houston, Texas, and walked up in the middle of downtown Houston and punched someone right in the face, I don't think that a lot of people would know exactly who he is. That's baseball's fault. People want to put that on Mike Trout and say, Mike Trout's a quiet guy. That's garbage. We spent an hour on Le'Veon Bell and sex tapes and and calling 911. Le'Veon Bell wears a visor. You can't tell his face when he's out there in the field. People know what Le'Veon Bell looks like. Mike Trout doesn't have to have two girls over at the same time. I'm not pointing that out. But the NFL, good and bad does a terrific job of marketing their players. The NBA, people know who Steph Curry is in Portland, Maine. People know who Steph Curry is in Portland, Oregon. And they know who he is in Beijing, China. I can't name half your players. And every single time that I start to go rip it on baseball, and rightfully so, you should see the money we make. So you want a new stadium, and it's based on attendance, But anytime we talk about attendance and people not going to see your sport, you should see how much money we still make on television rights. So do you want a new stadium or do you want a new set for your TV show? Because these are big big issues, big differences too. And fans over time have gotten smarter and smarter over this. I think the era of heavily taxed, heavily population-based, funded stadiums is starting to go away. When you have some owners who are willing to pony up their own money and just finally get it done, when you have owners who are finding ways to invest in it and they can own the building, they can own the land, they can charge what they want to charge for parking, they can do what they want to do with concession concessions. If they want to farm that out to a, to a concessioner, they can do that, or they can do with what the Braves, or well, not the Braves, but what the Falcons have done and have taken it over by themselves have given the structured price for it and do it their way, they can do it their way and they can find out more that they can make more money doing these type of things. And if you're willing to do so, you can make a lot of money, but you have to have that type of money in the first place. And I think there's maybe a couple of either cheap-ass owners, guys who aren't serious about it, guys who might not have the wherewithal to do that, who might be getting priced out of their own sports. Because it's, it's contradictory. Every single time I go to rip it on baseball, Baseball tells me how much money they make. How far is attendance down every single year now across the league? Midwest, you have, uh, save St. Louis. In the Midwest, you have, what, 14,000 people going to a game? 17,000 people going to a game? Maybe a good night some nights. Sometimes you get around 9 or 10. This is sustainable? You tell me it is then don't turn around and tell me that you need a new stadium because of attendance or you might move because of attendance. If anything, that's added to the Rays. I know who some of the Rays are. Why? Because we bitched about your stadium for the last decade. I found out who Evan Longoria was. I found out who Evan Longoria was because he was an exceptionally talented player playing in a dump of a stadium. Kevin Cash. These guys, you know who these guys are. You know who some of these guys are because, man, this team's so good, it's a shame they play in such a dumpster of a stadium. It just, it, it is illogical, it doesn't make any sense, and it's baseball's fault. The NFL has many, many faults. 
They let idiots play. They completely mess up what they do when it comes to what they do with, with domestic violence, what they do with child abuse, what they do with, with guys getting arrested. Their marijuana policy, their drug policy is ridiculously ass backwards than anything you've ever seen. They continue to turn it over. They continue to do well. You know who these guys are. They wear helmets the whole game. When you see them on TV, half of them are covered by visors. I just brought up Le'Veon Bell. You know exactly who these guys are. In the NBA, the NBA has a question about how they're going to be able to market to the Midwest, how they're going to be able to market towards a lot of the cities that they're in. Who's going to be the next icon of their sport as LeBron gets older? They have a lot of questions that they have to answer. Adam Silver is not perfect. Oh, we just got done ripping the draft a while ago, and I know that people were doing it yesterday. I, I do think it's pretty archaic and antiquated that guys are still wearing the, the hats of the team that technically drafts them, but they're traded by, so there's this weird moment where they have to wear these hats later on in life. Or they show pictures of them wearing these hats later on in life. But I know who these guys are. I know, I, I know, and I want to see him, and I want to talk about him. I want to hear about James Harden bitching about Chris Paul. I want to hear about LeBron and how he's taking over the Lakers. I want to hear about Kevin Durant and how he hates the media and how he's getting ripping on 14-year-olds on social media. I want to hear all that stuff. Baseball, I should want to know more about Mike Trout. Albert Pujols came back yesterday. We spent a little bit of time on it. Albert Pujols came back to St. Louis yesterday. It was a great, great thing. Place was packed to see Albert. It feels like this could be maybe his final season. Comes back. Everybody's loving him. Everybody loves Albert Pujols. He's such a great humanitarian, good guy. Obviously, he's had an incredible career and has great history in in St. Louis. And when he left, people were really upset. Now, eight years later, if I'm not mistaken, people are loving Albert Pujols. It's a great, great moment for him this weekend in St. Louis. Promote that. Better than just an excerpt on SportsCenter during the summer months. That's why I love that Tim Anderson pimps home runs. I love that guys are arguing with each other. And now I can't remember the name and it's escaping me. I love that Baumgartner was getting into it with people and people were arguing with the Giants and with the Dodgers in his last outing where he gets taken out. Who was it? Muncie, Muncie. Max Muncie said it. Thank you. Max Muncie yelling at him as he goes around first base going, you don't want me to watch it. Why don't you go get your ass in the ocean and go get my home run? That's awesome. Personal issues with people get eyeballs on everything. I love that about sports. I love that about pro sports. But every single time we offer any sort of idea, it's met with a humph and you ought to see the money we still make. Great. I don't know who any of your stars are. You get a guy who's 30 years old, and I guarantee you can do this. Name home run hitters. I know people immediately bring up steroids. That's part of the problem, too. Name the guys who are big home run hitters. Name the guys who were stars in baseball in the 90s. If you're driving right now, you're going down 95 right now. Guarantee you can name 10 right off the top of your head. Can you name 10 right off the top of your head in current baseball? Can you do that? I don't know if you can. If you're a fantasy baseball guy, if you're a big baseball guy, you obviously can. How many guys are out there are, big, are really big baseball guys? And the other thing is, is everybody always wants to bring up steroids about the 90s, guys. We're still carrying a bag of steroids 20 years later. Did we not go over the Tyreek Hill incident, what happened earlier this year, and the questions of whether or not he should play? 
Ray Rice punched a woman in an elevator. We saw it on television, national television all over the place. Chris Carter cried on TV. People were upset. People still love the NFL. They just move on from it. The NBA had drugs. The NBA had the tra- had the jailblazers. The NBA has James Dolan, and I can't say it even more because they'll threaten to, th- threaten to sue me. They got all those problems, and people still love the NBA. Every time I talk about baseball, well, they did steroids. Because you guys keep talking about steroids. And I'm supposed to sit here and believe this stuff about the Rays moving on to, moving on to Montreal as if that's going to fix anything. We'll be nostalgic and we'll like that for, what do you think, Tom, a month? And if the team sucks, they'll be the Expos again, and they'll play in an indoor stadium more than likely, which is drab and boring, and we'll do the same thing. It'll be the Rays North. Figure a way out. I gave you all these options. If you want to throw Montreal in there, go right on ahead. Hell, you can have them play in Charlotte. Call them the Charlotte Expos for all I care. I don't care. If you're going to move them, move them to a place that's viable, and don't sit there and preach attendance when you brag about how much money you're making. And now Tom's bringing to the table what we're going to do this tomorrow because I'm filling in for Pony tomorrow. They're finally admitting they had juice baseballs. Is this it? Sort of. Yes. What is this? They're Tell right me, up quick. against it. They're admitting that the ba- the balls are flying differently, but they're refusing to call them juiced. But they're admitting that they are different and contributing to the home runs. You know what I say? Good. You're going to hate that, Tom. I know you will. I say good. Yeah, I'm not a fan. At least it's not roids. At least they're not on the gas allegedly. At least they're not there. Jared Scroggins, did you include OKC of the cities? It would be a perfect option. Throw Oklahoma City in there, baby. Give me something fun. Just stop. Major League Baseball needs to stop letting us live in the past about all the nasty stuff. And promote your players. People should know who Mike Trout is. But again, we'll just we'll threaten the Rays. Great. Wonderful. I'm back tomorrow morning, 10 to 2 in for Pony. He is on vacation. Big thanks to everybody in New York. Thanks to you for listening. Gresh is next. Have a wonderful day, friends. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.